G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. If you keep using the drug and you haven't learned from physical pain, you haven't learned from relationship pain, the next level of pain you will bring into your life is what we call future pain. One morning you're going to wake up and you're going to be schizophrenic. Your brain is not going to work properly. When you start using drugs to produce a good feeling, you will end up producing future pain that's going to hurt you for the rest of your life. All people have the potential to be mastered by a life-controlling problem. No one plans for it to happen, but without warning, a person can be pulled into the downward spiral of an addiction. What can be done to stop this downward spiral? And what are the warning signs that someone you love may be struggling with an addiction? Well, that's what we'll be discussing on today's Focus on the Family Australia with the founder and executive director of Teen Challenge Western Australia, Malcolm Smith. Malcolm has developed a seminar to help families deal with the many aspects of addiction. And he'll share his insights on today's Focus on the Family Australia with Focus CEO, Brett Ryan. Malcolm joins us from his office in Perth. Well, welcome to the program, Malcolm Smith. Yeah, hi. Good to be on your program with you, Brett. Well, tell us a little bit about Teen Challenge and how did it all come about? One Teen Challenge, not too many people realise that David Wilkinson, who wrote the book The Cross and the Switchblade, started Teen Challenge in New York back in 1958, and now it spread to over 1,300 centres in over 110 nations of the world, helping young people and families with serious drug and alcohol addictions. And you've had an involvement with life addictive problems for many years now. Yes, for about 30, 40 years, I was involved with Teen Challenge in King's Cross in Sydney uh, back in the 80s, uh, helping young people there. And I was on the board of Teen Challenge when I was pastoring a church in Sydney. And what have you seen over those years, the changes in addictive behaviours or is it just been the problem all along? Yes, anybody who gets involved in whether it's alcohol or or drugs, mood-altering substances, it actually takes control of their life. They lose control. They begin to make really bad decisions and they begin to hurt themselves. They hurt their family. They hurt the people they love and they hurt society as well because of their addiction and loss of control of their own life. If people listening to this will hear this and they go, they know drugs are bad or alcohol is bad. Why do they do it? What would you say? Well, uh, people are manipulated in the drug scene. People don't wake up in the morning. Young people, their children, don't wake up in the morning and say, I am going to start using drugs. They're generally manipulated into it. And while they're in the two most secure environments they will ever be in in their whole life, while they're in the family and while they're in school, while they're what we call teenagers, the drug terrorist is able to reach into our children's minds and mess with their minds in such a way that they will radicalise their thinking into thinking that using drugs will solve all their problems, their relationship problems, their education problems, their sports problems, and because it affects their thinking, that's why it's called a mood-altering substance. 
and it just creates a real problem in their mind. And our children, when they're 13, 14, 15, uh, they start to go to parties and these people are watching for them and they will start to give them drugs for nothing because they know one of the most serious downsides of the drugs, apart from the danger it does to their pattern of thinking, is they are addictive. And once they start to use them over a period of time, they will start calling the dealer up and wanting drugs. Are you seeing younger people getting involved in harder drugs or more life-altering substances, such as uh, ice and, and methamphetamines and things like this? Yeah, well, look, the, the drug dealers don't target your children in your family, uh, in your school, in your community, until they're of a certain age where they can lie, cheat, steal, rob and plunder, uh, because they've got to pay for their drugs. So they generally wait till they're 12, 13, when they hit high school. And then when they're at a certain age where they can get money by hook or by crook, they will target them, get them addicted. You see, when they're under... At 12 or 13, they're a bit too young to be able to go and, and do uh, steal and plunder. Uh, generally, it's only the kids who are in a drug family who will actually get caught into drugs when they're younger than that, or a serious alcohol problem in a family. Uh, but most of them with the illegal drugs that we're using, they wait until they're uh, beginning their teenage years so they can obviously be able to sell their body, uh, steal, be able to get money to pay for the drugs. Do you see that alcohol often is the gatekeeper to going towards harder drugs? Yes, you'll find uh, alcohol certainly is, and marijuana as well. Um, these young people think it, uh, it's still a mood-altering substance. They're still addictive. Uh, people start smoking cigarettes, they have real trouble giving it up. They start drinking alcohol. Again, it's addictive, and it is the gateway to the harder drugs. And no family is exempt from this. If you're probably in your experience, you've seen people from very affluent areas and very stable environments to, you know, dysfunctional families. No family yeah. is immune for these problems. Yeah, and they're very well educated as well. I mean, we have millionaires and billionaires kids come to Teen Challenge. We have people uh, who are highly educated, uh, company directors, and then we've got kids who don't actually know who their parents are. Um, they may know who their mother is, but they don't know who their father is. They've been in and out of prison. So, no, the drug scene stretches across the whole of society. Okay, take us back to how this all developed. So the young person maybe wants to try something new and has an experience with drugs at a young age. Then what happens? How do they get into this downward spiral of addiction? Well, they just keep going to the parties. If you run with dogs, you get fleas. I know that's mm -hmm. not a very nice saying. But you choose your friends and you choose your destiny. If you're a 13, 14, 15-year-old and you choose to run with people who are using drugs, abusing drugs, you will end up using drugs and abusing drugs. If they're sports, into sports, you will get involved in sports. If they're involved in gangs, you will get involved in gangs. And so you choose your friends, choose your destinies. And this is why we say to parents, you need to just monitor the sort of teenagers that your teenager is making friends with and find out what their behaviour is because what their friends are doing and they're, they're trying to mix with people older than themselves will influence. You choose your friends, you choose your destiny. Now, do you also find that a number of teenagers have some problems in their life and taking drugs kind of deadens those problems, kills the pain, so to speak? Yes, most people, young people, I've been in many parts of the world and you talk to young people around the world and it doesn't matter what drug they're using, and you say, why are you using this drug? And they say this, it makes me feel good. 
it makes me feel good. And so they use it to try, and that's what the user-dealer in the school, in the classroom uh, that your child goes to, um, they are selling a feel-good drug. Uh, when a young person uh, in a school, uh, the user-dealer is watching out for kids who have a broken relationship with their girlfriend, boyfriend, or their parents are going through a struggle or getting divorced, or they're not doing so well in their marks or their sport, and the kid is hurting, and the user-dealer who's a school kid with them will come and say, why don't you take this? It will make you feel good. And uh, they will take it, and it certainly does make them feel good. But then it's got poisons and toxins mm. and, and all sorts of things in it that will begin to have a really negative effect on their life. But for the moment, it will make them feel good. So even though you have all this education and things on TV about how terrible drugs are, that seems to kind of all go out the window if they have some kind of pain, and it makes them feel good. And it makes them feel good, yeah. But then after a while, they begin to realize that the coming down is worse almost, in a sense, than the actual feel good. Mm -hmm. And then the problems are multiplying because what actually happens is they move into a realm of pain. At Teen Challenge, in our solutions course, we explain to the parents and the young person who comes to Teen Challenge that there are three levels of pain. Now, pain, the idea of pain is to tell you that you're doing something wrong. If you keep hitting your thumb when you're trying to knock a nail in, it's because you're not holding the hammer right or the nail right. The idea of pain is to tell you you're doing something wrong. So a person who gets involved in the drug scene, the first level of pain they will suffer is what we call physical pain. They'll be sick, they'll vomit, they'll fall over, they'll be bumping into lampposts and all sorts of things because uh, they're a bit off their face and, uh, and all that sort of thing. There's physical pain. Mm -hmm. And then the next level is what we call relationship pain. If they don't learn from physical pain that I'm doing something wrong, I should stop it, they will have relationship pain. They're off their face, they're getting more off their face on the drug, mood-altering substance, and then they, they begin to say abusive things to their boyfriend or girlfriend or to their parents and, and or their brothers and sisters or in university or in school. They become really obnoxious because of their drug taking and so they have relationship pain but we point out to the parents and to the young person that the next level of pain is the worst level of pain you will ever suffer in your whole life and we call it a teen challenge future pain future pain if you keep using the drug and you haven't learned from physical pain you haven't learned from relationship pain the next level of pain you will bring into your life is what we call future pain one morning you're going to wake up and you're going to be schizophrenic. Your brain is not going to work uh, properly. And for the rest of your life, every morning you wake up, you realize you've created a level of pain that's going to be with you for the rest of your life. Or you wake up and you're in prison, you're in the cell because you did a one-punch hit or you, you did something really stupid when you're off your face and you're going to go to prison for a long time. It's called future pain. And every morning you wake up for the rest of your life, when you, even when you get out of prison, you can have a prison record, etc. Or you wake up and you're in hospital and you've lost two legs or an arm or you can't see or your brain's not working properly because you've been in a car accident because you've been speeding off your face with people in another car. And you'll find that physically you're going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. You, because of your drug taking, have created future pain for yourself a set of circumstances that is not going to change. And the idea is to avoid that. 
to avoid relationship pain, to avoid physical pain, and uh, enjoy life. Life's supposed to be enjoyable, but when you start using drugs to produce a good feeling, you will end up producing future pain that's going to hurt you for the rest of your life. Do you find that those people who are going through these levels of pain, these are very obvious, they're very drastic. Um, do you, When you go through these type of explanations to the young people and to their parents, they're going to be saying, it's not going to happen to me, I'm yep. in denial type of thing. Is that, yeah. is that a common thing? Yes, it's called delusion. They actually end up with a bit of a... Uh, it's the beginning of mental health problems, and of course the drugs produce that as well because the drugs are making them feel good when everything, all the circumstances are bad. And so the young person moves into what we call delusion, the beginning of mental health issues. Now, deception is when somebody lies to you and you follow that lie and you end up hurting yourself. Delusion is when you lie to yourself. Mm. And you keep lying to yourself, two and two is five, two and two is five, two and two is five, two and two is five. You keep telling yourself that and you become an architect. You're going to build terrible houses and skyscrapers. If you keep telling yourself marijuana's all right, heroin's all right, ice is all right, these friends that uh, I'm lying, cheating, stealing with, breaking into houses, speeding around in cars, that's all right. If you keep telling yourself that this behavior is all right, then you've got a serious life control problem and you're going to keep making bad decisions. Now, let me tell you the major delusion that a child, a teenager, or anybody else, it doesn't matter how old they get, the major delusion that these people move into is that, that they actually say, it's all right, I have it all under control. Famous last words. You've got bricks coming through the windows, the cars are being slashed, the police are after them, the dealers are after them, the girlfriend doesn't want to know them anymore, or the boyfriend, the parents have absolutely beside themselves, been kicked out of university. Their life is an absolute disaster, but they will keep telling you, it's all right, I've got it under control. Our guest today is Malcolm Smith. He is the founder and executive director of Teen Challenge WA, and he's giving us advice about the dynamics of addiction and what to do if a loved one is addicted. We'll have more of this conversation when we return right here on Focus on the Family, Australia. The word for today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. You're listening to Focus on the Family Australia, where we're dedicated to helping families thrive. We achieve this through our radio programs, parenting and relationship seminars, and resources. If you'd like to find out how you can partner with us to help more Australians thrive, call us on 1300 300 361. That's 1300 300 361. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia, where today, Focus CEO Brett Ryan and myself are talking to Malcolm Smith, who is the founder and executive director of Teen Challenge WA, and he has developed a program to help parents and families deal with a loved one who is addicted. And Malcolm joins us via the telephone from his office in Perth. Malcolm, next let's talk about, as parents, how do we know the warning signs? How do we know if our child is getting into drugs and possibly into an addiction? Well, there are, there are actually four stages that, that you can see from 
your child's life and uh, we see from a young person who's getting involved in drugs from being very healthy to being very dead because of drug use. And uh, the first stage is what we call is they're experimenting and they're just using drugs maybe once a month. They're 13, 14, 15, beginning to go to parties. Dealers are giving them drugs for nothing. They're getting addicted. Um, they get a high and they don't use for a couple of weeks and the, so they come back to normal. Then they get a high and then come back to normal. But when you catch your son or daughter who's actually got some tablets or powder or uh, some marijuana and you find it in the school bag or whatever you and you say to little johnny as it were little johnny i found this in your school bag uh it looks like marijuana or it looks like a, a drug tablet and the first thing they're going to do is they're going to lie to you they're going to say oh no it's not mine it's not mine and so the first thing that happens if your child starts to lie to you you know they're doing something they shouldn't and it's generally drugs the second is they go from using once a month to using each weekend. But they make safe rules. I won't use drugs uh, uh, during the week because I've got my education, my sports, I want to go to university and all that sort of thing. They make these safe rules and they just use on weekends. How can you tell that they are the using on weekends? Their friends change. Their social behaviour with their friends change. Where they used to come home from school and go surfing or play football or go down the mall to chase the girls around the place, they've now got new friends and the secrets and making phone calls and, and you say where are you going tonight and little Johnny he says oh nowhere and you say what are you going to be doing oh nothing when you'll be back I don't know um, everything becomes a secret and new friends so you can say they've gone to the second stage the third stage is your child begins to use everyday drugs now. They violate their own system of, I won't use during the week, they begin to use when they're going to school, etc., etc. Now, why do and, they move to that stage? Why aren't they just staying where they were? Um, because the addiction, once they, they start using a tolerance, and what actually happens is the level of drugs that they were using is not giving them the same high. Hmm. And so they have to use more drugs. The dealer's quite happy because... Yeah, yeah, making more income. He's making more money out of it. It's a pure money-making racket for the dealer. So he's sort of saying, oh, you need to use this drug and this drug. And uh, so they start to use heavier and more drugs, and it creates more and more problems for them. So the third level of behavior is they become a thief. Mum looks in her purse and finds, I thought I had two $20 notes, but I've only got one. Dad looks in his wallet. I thought I had two $20 notes, but I've only got one. Things begin to go missing, etc., etc. And uh, so they begin to lie. The pattern of um, friends and social behavior and uh, secrets begin to happen. Then they turn into a thief. But the fourth level is when they're actually using drugs just to try and feel normal now. They're not getting a high anymore. They're in pain and they're trying to feel normal. And the behavior pattern that will come with that is they will become violent. They will start to threaten parents. I've had parents tell me, my child kicked me in the stomach, my child pushed me down wow. the flight of stairs because I wouldn't give them money. And it becomes violent, punching holes, screaming, shouting, threatening, because they want the parents to pay all their bills for them. They're running up the, the debt, and this is the dealer actually tells them to do this, and quite often the parents give in. So you've got the that they lie, then they have new friends and secrets, then they begin to steal, and then the last one is they become violent and they will do self-harm and they will harm other people, mug little old ladies, because they need their drug just to feel normal. There'll be many listeners hearing this for the first time and thinking, this is surreal, this would never happen to me. But there'll be mm. other listeners who'll be saying, well, that's exactly where I was. That's what happened to me. 
Yet we have parents who come to our solutions course who say to us, have you been watching our family for the last two years? Everything you have saying has been the path we've gone down. They say to us, teen challenge. My child has so changed because of their drug taking and the friends, the new friends they're running with, their behavior, my child has so changed, I don't know who this person is anymore. They say, Teen Challenge, can you go and find the child I used to know and please mm. bring them back home? And that's what we do by the grace of God. So how do you get a child to go to Teen Challenge? Well, Teen Challenge, people think, oh, it's going to be tough love tough love or oh, teen challenge we're gonna uh, you know you better do it our way but we sort of say no we're not a tough love program we are an intelligent love program we will teach you why you think like you think why you do the things you do and we'll show you how to change if you so wish by the grace of god and so these young people when they're in the drug scene they begin to lie steal cheat violent anti-social anti-family etc etc they come to teen challenge and we've been known as like a Bible college for the baddies or a, a Sunday school for the baddies. And we just teach them a simple Christian value system. Don't lie, don't steal, don't cheat. Love your parents, honour the government, do a day's work for a day's pay. And uh, things like forgiveness and honesty and responsibility, uh, generosity and self-control, respect, humility, all these sorts of value systems, um, values that we would call a Christian value system, and these kids begin to realize and understand. I love that idea about Bible college for baddies, and I think it's a great way of putting it. But God and faith has a very big part to play in all of this. Yes, but begin to realize there's a lot more to life than a TV dinner. You're not just <laughs> herded uh, cattle being driven over the side of a cliff called death, and you've got to try and feel good. There's a lot more to life than that. There's love and there's kindness and there's beauty and, and there's achievement and there's success and there was wonderful relationships with husbands and wives and bringing up your children and then as you get older, grandchildren. But there's so many beautiful, beautiful things of life that we point out to these young people. You're missing out on these things. You think you're actually having life, but you're going to go into future pain. You're going to have mental health issues. You're going to end up in prison. You're going to end up in hospital with serious physical problems. And You know, you need to get out of that scene. You need to get out of that future pain. Pain, but you don't need to be there in physical pain, relationship pain. By the grace of God, you can move into a beautiful world and the thing that is balanced around love and, and kindness and gentleness and wisdom and, and virtue and discernment and, and all these wonderful character qualities that can mm -hmm. actually make your life work and, and live a life with somebody who's going to love you the way you wanted to be loved and for you to love them the way they wanted to be loved. Many of these problems have taken years to develop. It's not a quick fix to get out of that problem either. No, uh, that's uh, very true. And even if the young person comes to Teen Challenge and then suddenly realises the error of their way and what they've been doing and they, they really feel sorry and understand what they've been doing, you've actually got to be the, the part of uh, what the Bible says, that it talks about in Romans 12, the renewing of the mind. You've actually got to stop them realizing to lie, cheat, steal and run and blame everybody else for my problems. It's not the way you deal with things. Mm -hmm. 
You need these character qualities. Now I'm going to tell the truth. I am going to reap what I have sown. And I'm going to need courage to go through some of these things because I have created circumstances for myself. I'm going to have to go and apologise to people. I'm going to have to ask other people to forgive me. And they begin to live in a whole completely different world of this run, lie, cheat, still blame everybody else to being a person of real Christian character. And the wonderful thing is that many lives do completely turn around. Recently, we had on Focus on the Family Australia a graduate of your program, Rebecca Slavin, and her right. life is completely turned around. Yes. Well, she was uh, seriously hurt and, and neck brace in a car accident mm-hmm. there in, in Victoria, I believe, yep. um, when she was using ice. And then in her local area, she became the uh, young citizen of the year. Yep, yep. Uh, but she speaks in uh, New South Wales and Queensland and Western Australia. Uh, but we have many people like that. We, we have uh, look. We have people who started their own businesses, companies here in Western Australia. Uh, outstanding, successful people. Uh, I've got people who are doctors now. Uh, solicitors and nurses, people who were a teen challenge uh, in their younger years, and by the grace of God, have got their life back together again That's and fantastic. going out to be a successful human beings. Well, Malcolm, thank you so very much for giving us of your time and also for providing hope for so many families. Yes, Teen Challenge has uh, centres in each state in Australia. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Brett. Our guest today has been Malcolm Smith, the founder and executive director of Teen Challenge WA. For more information, their website is teenchallengewa.org.au. That's teenchallengewa.org.au. Well, we trust you've been encouraged by what you've heard on today's Focus on the Family Australia. And for parents, we have a helpful resource called Talking to Your Kids About Alcohol and Drugs. For free guidance on this issue, head to families.org.au. That's families.org.au. And also, if you'd like to order a copy of today's program, you can give us a call on 1300 300 361. On behalf of the team here at Focus, I'm Brett Ryan, inviting you to join us again next time for another edition of Focus on the Family, Australia. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.